welcome to Augie and the Alien. I'm Karen Gaylard, she, her. And I'm Darcy Gabriel, he, him. And this is our podcast where we discuss movies, old and new. Um, And this week we're going to be doing a deep dive on uh, the new Ridley Scott movie, The House of Gucci. But before we get on to that, Darcy, have you seen any movies this week? Yeah, so I watched um, a a classic kind of uh, old movie that I haven't really seen before, surprisingly. Um, I watched Apollo 13 for the first time, which I'm kind of shocked I haven't seen it, but I um, certainly was sort of in a a bit of a uh, not-so-science-fiction, but um, science-non-fiction kind of mood uh, lately, and that that certainly ticked all the boxes. It was just really uh, amazing to see. I obviously um, know about that disaster, or you know, not, not quite disaster, almost disaster, yeah. um, and have, you know, read a lot and heard a lot about it and what went wrong and things like that. But to actually sort of see it play out as, as well as they sort of could portray it in that kind of movie um, with some really amazing acting, it, it was just really cool to see really incredible and yeah. uh also terrifying but uh just a good good movie yeah, so yeah. that's what i yeah. want that's a bit of a, you? yeah I, I just was gonna say i really like apollo oh. 13 too it's a real it's a bit of a modern classic and i just remember tom hanks and the waistcoats it's not even so modern anymore it's almost uh 30 years old that movie are you kidding me no oh I thanks Stas. You just made me feel very old. Wow. Yes, so I didn't get out much this week. We've had a lot of rain in Queensland. Um, But I watched a um, Netflix um, documentary um, called The Tinder Swindler. And um, it was good. It was really good. I mean, it was terrifying and disturbing, but um, it really got me. I actually flicked it on quite late thinking that it was a series and I was just going to watch episode one and go to bed. Uh, but um, it drew me in and by the time I realised it was a whole movie, I, I was already hooked, so I watched it to the end. Yeah, just really, you know, it's a story of a con man who uses twin, uh, Twinder. <laughs> tinder to um to draw in mostly i think it's all women um what was what i found interesting was um you know it's usually romantic um uh connections that he's he's aiming to make and then and then once he's sort of you know um developed the relationship to a certain point where he thinks he can um you know then call on them to give him money, he then stages this um, scenario where he's being attacked, his security guy's attacked and he says he needs money to get out of a, a difficult situation and so he's swindled Don't give away millions too much. of dollars. <laughs> um, but what I found interesting, yeah, sorry, um, I think I think anyone would know that from the description, but um, one of the women wasn't actually romantically involved with him and, and was still um, unfortunately taken in by his um, story and he really does trade on on people's goodwill and it's that's just so upsetting. Yeah, it sounds pretty uh, miserable from what I've heard. I've heard a few other people talk about it, which is why I haven't been jumping to go see it or anything. Um, it's because I've just heard it's kind of depressing, someone that's just kind of awful doing really awful things um, yeah it is um I guess I've got you know I'm, I'm I'm leaning into the cliche of the middle-aged woman that watches and listens to true crime because <laughs> I do like I do like a good true crime story whether it's a podcast or or that's um, fine lean into Netflix documentary and um I just find it fascinating how how these operators can um can get away with it but anyway I'll leave that there because what we really want to get onto now is our main main film. Yeah, the so House now to the sort of yeah. main film, House of Gucci. Um, let's just start by giving our sort of overall feeling and rating. Um, I'll, I'll just yeah start by saying that um, uh, 
just sort of a, a little synopsis of the film without any spoilers yet is essentially it just follows um, some central characters around uh, the sort of Gucci family and uh, ex- some sort of extended uh, relatives and, and friends and stuff like that uh, in the sort of late 70s and 80s, uh, mostly 80s period. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, I certainly learned a lot from it, but also learned that a lot of it was um, not exactly true, uh, how it's sort of betrayed, but we'll get into that later in the more spoilery section, I imagine. Um, I went through sort of a bit of an up and down whilst watching this one. I at first was interested and liked it. Um, then, uh, and, you know, for it, it, it really just sort of dragged on, um, to be blunt. It dragged on quite a bit, and I think... Uh, yeah. Two and a half hours was not necessary for the story that was told. Um, a lot of unnecessary things that didn't really need to be involved or in there at all that I'll get into a bit more later. It was um, I, it was actually three hours long, 188 minutes. Oh, really? I thought it was two and a half. I was looking at it on, online. Um, maybe I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it certainly felt its length. It didn't feel like it sped by or anything like some movies uh, do. And um, yeah, it just in by the end, I was kind of in reflection. I kind of enjoyed it, but there were a lot of things I didn't like about it. Um, which again, so I'll what, more. But um, what's it, your score? Should we yeah, should we so, score it Gucci, Gucci loafers? How many Gucci loafers would you give it? Gucci loafers. Uh, I'd give it like four or five. Oh, tough. Yeah. Yeah. So this one was my pick, and I picked it purely because um, we did a Ridley Scott movie um, with you last week, and that was one of his early films, and this is his most recent. So I wanted to sort of contrast and compare. And mm. um, look, I would have I would have thought they were made by two completely different filmmakers. There's just a vast difference. Um, similarly, it was too long. It was too much. It was too much of everything. It was kind of like, um, you know, going to a banquet and there just being too many options to to have in one meal. Um, I'd love to see it with a proper edit. <laughs> it probably sounds really <laughs> insulting to Ridley Scott, but I just feel like... Um, yeah, it, it was, I can it relate. Was, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of extraneous material that you really didn't need to have in there, but we'll get more into that in the deep dive. Um, it looks pretty and, you know, there are some stellar acting performances. Um, so I would actually give it, uh, look, I'll be generous. I'll give it a six. Okay. Six, right. six um, scoochie well, well, with that, let's move straight into the spoiler uh, section. Spoilers. I just want to say, uh, starting off, that um, I have the really sort of, I guess, somewhat controversial view that um, despite Ridley Scott creating my favorite movie, or you know, definitely one of um, Alien, um, I actually, on the whole, don't really like Ridley Scott as a director. I don't know about him as a person um, or any, anything really. But... Really. <laughs> As, as a director, um, I, on the whole, don't really care for, for what he makes. Most movies that come out from him are usually not to my taste. Um, I've seen a lot of them and I don't like a lot of them. Um, uh, another movie we might touch upon is, is Blade Runner, which I have strong sort of negative views on, uh, but okay. I won't. Going into that, uh, it's a whole other episode potentially. Yeah, we've got but, heaps um, to talk about with House of Gucci. For, the, for this one, Runner, yeah, yeah. It's a movie for this one, on, yep. For this one, I was just sort of, um, I, I went in with a very uh, cautious and and not sort of positive expectation of the film. I was not necessarily expecting anything that good. And I didn't walk away uh, with my expectations exceeded in any way. Um, I pretty much got what I expected. Um, there were definitely moments that were good. And there were definitely actors well, that are good at their we, job. Why don't we start out by saying um, our favourite parts of this film? Just start it off on. 
bit uh, more positive before we before we rip it to shreds. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe you should start. I, I just can't think of any at the moment. I oh, think just okay. the acting. I think just the acting, but yeah. I have more to say about that. I, um, I definitely thought um, Lady Gaga as pa Patrizia. Yeah, Patrizia. Yeah. Um, was a oh, very strong performance. Um, uh, apparently she stayed in character for months and months and months um, either side of the filming and um, and you know uh, full credit to her I think she carries that role really well um, some of the other uh, some of the other roles I found a little bit um, what do you call it sort of like a, a caricature a bit two-dimensional um, mm. Yeah, it, it, um, I'll go more into when I get onto the negatives about why I didn't like some of the acting and some of the, the scenes. But, um, mm. yeah, the acting is the main thing. And I also just really thought um, the, the actual filming, the setup of the scenes, the way it, it, the way particular scenes were sort of um, framed and and structured, yeah, um, I really thought that that was that that was all done well. <laughs> but I do feel like I'm having to reach here to find things that I really liked. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just going to kick straight into some negatives <laughs> um, here to sort of counteract. Firstly, don't hold back. Of, uh, yeah, two two sort of first notes first. One, um, going off what you just said about, uh, I guess, framing and, and setting of, of certain scenes. Um, and I, I'm not too certain if you meant specifically more visually or story-wise, but I'll, I'll just more say More visually, that, um, I meant. I more mean. visually, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the visuals in the movie are, on the whole, great. But um, I, I personally felt that story-wise, the, the, I know it's real people, quote-unquote, even though a lot of it is caricature, um, the the arcs were very inconsistent and very uh, very uh, unstructured. They weren't told in consistent ways. Characters went from likable to hateable, to, from hateable to likable, without not. Sometimes there would be, but often there wasn't a clear transition point of where or, or clear reason as to why they suddenly changed who they were. Uh, you'd see. I mean, to speak very specifically, the main character goes from a decent guy at the start to just an awful person at the end, and he makes decisions that directly go against decisions he would have made earlier um, and things he said earlier without any known reason. And I can understand, yes, the character's changed or been corrupted or whatever, but it's not really expressed in the film. You just expect it to, uh, when it happens, be like, oh, okay, that's who he is now. And it doesn't at all, like, sort of flag that ahead of time. It doesn't really foreshadow it maybe i missed it somehow but there's no mm. indication that he's just gonna switch gears and when it happens when he does and says things that are completely out of what seems to be his character it's maybe purposefully but it's just jarring and, and, and puts you out of the scene you're like oh, oh what am i even watching you know yeah That's yeah how i felt um but the other the other note i was going to say um just quickly is that I was also very, um, and this is less to do with the actual film itself, but more the behind the scenes. I was really disappointed with the choice of cast, to be honest. Um, I, I went into the movie not knowing any of the actors except for, or, or not knowing that it was any of the actors other than Adam Driver. Um, I, I didn't know Lady Gaga was in it, which uh, you, uh, people I've spoken to found shocking that I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't you know Jared. <laughs> I, I just don't often research movies that heavily before I go and see them. And I usually try not to care too much about who's in it um, unless someone does strike or stand out um, to me. But usually I don't pay too much attention to those sorts of things. Um, but Jared, I didn't know Jared Leto was in it and a few other uh, well-known um, actors. But I thought when I was watching the movie, I thought I was – and this this comes from, I guess – someone who's watched a lot of Italian cinema um, and sort of I, I've seen this, the side from hearing, having a, a, a teacher from Italy or in Italy rather, who spoke about the West, uh, West view of Italian cinema. Um, it was 
really heartbreaking to realize that the actors I was watching weren't Italian in a way. I I was watching it thinking, oh, these, you know, it's great. They got real Italian actors in this film. And then afterwards I found out it's all these famous Hollywood actors. And I'm like, why is an American filmmaker putting a bunch of Americans in it to make an Italian story? Uh, I could, yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, I have to agree. And the thing that really grated on me and the thing that I don't think is going to age well in this film was filming it in English with these fake Italian accents. Exactly. The whole movie. Some of them carried the accent okay, but some were really awful with the accent. And the thing for me was it was just... um, you know, there's one particular scene where Jeremy Irons, who plays Rodolfo um, Gucci, is um, trying to express something and he, he he says in that way that it's almost like a comical thing that people say when, they, when they're taking off Italians is, oh, how do you say, how do you say such and such? And I just thought that's just ridiculous. Like to not only have him speaking... English with an Italian accent, but then say this phrase that he would never say as an Italian man with this dodgy accent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure Jeremy Irons is doing a great accent, but it just jarred. Yeah. Really jarred. I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's to say whether or not these, these are phrases that um, someone from Italy would actually say, but the, I, I found that. It's just the whole film. I know I can see what Ridley Scott was trying to go for, which is that he was focusing on the fact that the movie's about wealthy people who aren't good people. And so he's making fun of them, but inadvertently he's making fun of Italy because he's taking Italian stereotypes and blasting them on screen, mm-hmm. um, trying to make fun of these specific people, but not making fun of them instead of making fun of their culture more so. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot I've of heard, the ways um... that they're silly is the way that Westerners often see Italians as silly and it just feels kind of just disrespectful in a way. I've heard that, um, yeah, there's a lot of Italians that aren't, aren't happy with this film. Um, the other thing that really bothered me about the way the story is told is um, – it's inspired by the true story of the Gucci family, but there is so much changed in it that you then wonder why did they bother to try and keep some things? Some of the things that have been kept in this film don't make sense from a story point of view. So you think, well, they must have put that in to be more authentic to the story, but then they change so many things that you think they should have just not worried about what was true and what wasn't, taken the essence, just take the essence of the story, which is essentially, yeah, rich people gone bad and and it's a, it's also a murder, you know, a story of murder because of what happens at the end mm. um, and we're into spoiler territory so we know Maurizio is, is shot and killed. Um, uh, so it's all building to that. But why not just take the essence of it and make it a proper story that's just inspired by yeah why this slavishness to try and pretend like you're being authentic but at the cost to telling a good story from also i want to just add from my perspective as someone who never knew anything about the gucci family i didn't know that uh he died what was his name again sorry maurizio Um, maurizio i didn't know that he died um, I didn't know that at all, and I didn't know that that's where the film was leading. As someone who didn't know that, it was not at all structured as if this was where it was heading. What yeah. I would have done in hindsight, if I were making this film, which is not to say I could, but um, like you know, or would rather, is if that's where the story is going. If that's what you know, Ridley Scott read about the story and was like, ah, that could be a movie, you know, which I imagine was the case. Um, if that's what it is, then start with something from that, maybe start with a scene from the trial or a scene from the murder or something that they did together. They did. They started with a scene of him riding his bike. to the Yes, house. but it's not clear at all. And by the end, I didn't actually know that that was a scene from the start at all. I was just like, oh, he's riding his bike again. Um, I, I didn't make yeah. a connection until someone yeah, else right. told me after the fact. 
and it's not at all done clearly. I would have done. I, I think it's because moment. it's too long. But, <laughs> I think because, it's because too too much happens in the middle. Well, it's also the issue that an intro is supposed to, or should rather, not not always. You can break rules, but it typically is supposed to raise a conflict, raise a question, or uh, ex exam provide an example of what the story is going to be about. Usually, you would use that moment to either give a very short, condensed story that shows what the bigger story is going to be, or raise the question of what's going to happen you know you start with someone with a gun walking up a street and you're like well what the hell's going to happen here or you raise a conflict you see uh i don't know people in court or something like that and and it makes it, it whizzes your brain but with him just riding on a bike it's so forgettable i thought it was just part of the movie i didn't even know that it was in the future i didn't yeah. know it was was it meant to be a different place of time or anything like that it doesn't at all work that scene being where it is it doesn't do what it's supposed to do i think um they may as well just put any random scene as that little intro uh, i didn't get it yeah what's a bit other I... scene doesn't serve that end goal yeah yeah i was just gonna say that i i do agree that that intro scene is quite forgettable and it's only because um when he's sitting having you know, having his espresso and he sort of gazes off into the distance and a little smile mm -hmm. crosses mm -hmm. his lips, I remembered that. And so when um, when that came around again, I went, "Oh, okay, yeah. we're back here. This is this is where it's all." I didn't go. even remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. Gosh, there's so much going on in this film, and you know, I know that there have been praises for. Um, Jared Leto's performance, I think he might have been nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, actually, oh. don't quote me on that. But to me, I don't know. I felt it felt like um, that Al Pacino and Jared Leto playing the uncle um, Aldo and his son Polo, it almost felt like they were in a different movie. Like they were this, this pair that was sort of comic, you know, it was sort of comic but sad at the same time, so quite a lot of pathos in that in their relationship. But it really felt like they were in a different film to me. There, mm. there wasn't enough real connection with what was what was the central what was meant to be the central story. It just yeah it yeah exactly a bit meaningless. And, and Jared Leto's character is nothing supposedly like the real person, and made off as way more ridiculous and clown-like than the mm -hmm. real person is, um, which isn't to say, you know, if it's an awful person, I guess I guess that's, again, what really Sculpt's trying to do is make an awful person the butt of a joke in a way. But it, it just, but it's just it, uneven. If you've got some people who are really so trying stupid, to yeah. tell, the, tell an authentic story based on a real person, and then you've got, you know, this character who's just mm. a... Yeah, like you say, a clown version. It just it makes the story just really uneven and, and it doesn't hold together. Um, yeah. The other thing I really wanted to make a point about was the movies that I think are really movies that hold up and work really well and have great performances in them are ones where um, the cast... Um, I mean, this is an ensemble cast, so you've got like I think like six or seven people that are sort of the main characters, and but each each of them gets I don't know how many scenes to sort of strut their stuff and and you know have a monologue or have their great moment, hmm. but they don't have that just once or twice. They each have it like five, six, seven times whereas if you look at a movie that you know really does hold together really well is is tight um such as you know the one we just talked about last week alien one of the things we liked about that movie was that each of the characters really just has one major scene where they shine, get, get a chance to shine and they have a few great lines aside and from, from that Ellen ripley of course oh yeah aside, aside from um ripley but even even her, like she doesn't have a lot to do until more the end of the film, because it's an ensemble cast and different people come in and out. Um, but you know, you look back at some of the classics, 
you think of great performances and you know that a good actor will build a great performance on one or two scenes that are unforgettable. Mm. They'll say a few lines that just stick in your head. They'll carry themselves in such a way that you're just totally, um, you know, you're totally believing that they're in that role. Um, yeah, whereas exactly. in this one, it just felt like it felt like you know everyone had sort of negotiated how many scenes they were going to have and how many lines they were going to have, and everyone had to have a massive mm-hmm. share of the pie. And what that then meant was the movie got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And and in the end, even though I I say Lady Gaga stood out, she would have stood out if she'd had half as many lines and half as many segments. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I found a lot of characters sort of just get got annoying because of how much of them there was. It just scene after scene, I was just like, oh, is this really going on? I just got tired of how long and dragged on it was. And the characters really did get tired. Interesting characters who are, you know, you can make an annoying character or a bad character uh, enjoyable to watch by making each scene worth it. And yeah. just condensing it down to what it necessarily needs to be, and only adding things as they then become necessary afterwards. Yeah, um, it, it just it felt like it was just not edited at well at all. Well, um, I think it was that. That's sort of what I what I yeah. get from that. For me, the difference mm. between the Ridley Scott who made Alien and the Ridley Scott who made The House of Gucci is money. When he made Alien, he, I think they filmed it in like five or six weeks on a really small budget. I think, did we say it was like, well, how much did we say they spent yeah. on it? Oh, it wasn't much, maybe. Be honest, ten, but it was small. It was small. Yeah. Um, you know, and he was working mostly with um, little known or unknown actors, especially with um, with Sigourney Weaver mm. as, the, as the lead. And this time round, he's got all the money in the world. He's got all the big names queuing up to be in his films. Nobody's really telling him that he has to cut his film down. So he's just, it's just flabby. It's, you know, it's a rich person gone to seed. (laughs) That's kind of how it feels because he makes so many movies and it just feels like instead of, you know, only being able to make one movie and that could make or break his career, he can just make three movies a year and if one or two flops, it doesn't matter because the aggregated, however that word is said. Aggregated. um, Aggregated profit from those still are enough to fund, you know, whatever it wants to do. You know, we seem to be in the minority when it comes to House of Gucci because it's definitely performed at the box office. I think um, I think having Lady Gaga in the lead has pulled people in to see it. I don't think that's necessarily the 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 case. Like, yes, it pulled in a lot of money, but that's not an indication of how people like it. And I've actually heard a lot of the majority of people haven't liked it. I actually haven't really heard any positive reviews about it, to be honest. Um, so even though it pulls in a lot of money, which I guess you can do with Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, and Ridley Scott. Um, and Al Pacino, you know, all the big sort of names. Um, <laughs> Lots of names. Who else is in it? Um, and, uh, did you say Adam Driver? Yeah, Jeremy I said Adam Driver. Uh, Salma Hayek can... in that in that crazy role of the fortune teller. Oh, God. Yeah, but it just... Um... You know, it can pull in lots of money and it looks like a cool, flashy film. The trailer's good. The trailer's better than the movie. Just watch that and you're done. Um, <laughs> that should but, be the tagline for this episode. <laughs> but, yeah, the the actual movie itself is just not good. And I think a lot of people know that, having watched it. I think they either get bored or just disappointed. Uh, there may be some who really like it, but I, I think that's more of a minority view, to be honest. Yeah. The other thing that I think fans or people that go to see this might be disappointed in is this very little that's actually about high fashion. And this oh, is, yeah. you know, this is a house of fashion, um, one of the one of the greatest, and yet there's very little fashion actually in it. Oh, um, so I think if you if you were going to it because you've got an interest in fashion, mm-hmm. you'll be really disappointed. 
Definitely. And I actually, again, as someone who didn't know anything about uh, the Gucci family or any really anything about um, that at all, I, I didn't know that it already existed in that timeline. Um, so when the movie started, for a while, you don't actually really see Gucci at all. You just hear the name. That's all. You, you hear the name. You don't see a shop. You don't see the clothing necessarily, or I didn't spot it. Wow. Um, it was probably there. Um, so I just thought in my head that these two uh, were going to, Maurizio and um, Patrizia. Patrizia were going to uh, start Gucci or were going to, you know, in some way found it or maybe yeah, yeah, I can understand already a very small that. brand that they the blew story. up. Mm. But um, it was already just a well-established thing that they kind of cropped it a bit. Um, yeah, they basically. So I didn't really get the it. point. I didn't get the point. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a really great story. I mean, it is a great story. I've listened to this story on a podcast. It's and it's been made into a book, and I'm sure it's been told and retold. This story, mm. it's it's a fascinating story. I just think it's been spoiled by this movie I just think all the good bits you have to really sort of dig through all the extraneous stuff to get to the good Mm -hmm. bits of the story it just yeah it's totally great yeah needing to be a negative one (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it's funny because I when I went to see it I was thinking afterwards what if Darcy really loved it Oh no, no issue there. Um, <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. When I watch was starting to watch it, I was excited, and afterwards, even though I was really bored throughout it, afterwards in hindsight, I was kind of convincing myself that it was good because there were some good actors, there were some fun scenes, and I really like going to the cinema. So I, I was able to go to the cinema, I get some popcorn, and I love that. I love sitting down and eating popcorn, no matter what the movie is. I'll still have a good time. Um, but yeah, I just I get that realized, you know, upon further thought that the movie just wasn't a good one. It wasn't a good one. And if you want to see it, I'm not going to recommend it. You know, if you really care about Gucci or fashion or anything like that, even though again this doesn't have much high fashion in it, maybe go watch it. Especially if you like the actors, because you you probably get find something enjoyable in it. And our opinions are just, of course, our own. But um, at the end of the day, for anyone who just isn't really that keen on on these aspects of it, um, it's not going to pull you in like some movies do. I mean, you can watch. Uh, what's a good example? I mean, um, well, I guess Aliens of... a good example because that's not the typical film I would go and see. No, and I wouldn't well... have watched it except that you, you know, you picked it for the exactly. for us to talk about. But because it's a well-made film. It's a good story. It's well done. I appreciated it yeah. very much on that level. Uh, I was going to say say more like a biopic. Like um, oh, yeah. the only one I can think of is Moneyball because I see I've seen that recently. I don't yeah. care about baseball at all. I, you know, I would see a game for the novelty maybe, but I don't care about it. I don't care about how it works behind the scenes. But that movie was interesting enough and was well made enough that. I was brought into this world that I didn't understand, I didn't care about, or didn't want to understand, and came out just thoroughly enjoying that movie. Yeah, you know? um, yeah. It, it sucked me in. And this t- took a concept that I was kind of interested in, you know? I mean, um, all that the whole world of high fashion is kind of interesting in a morbid curiosity kind of way. I don't personally care about it. Um, but it made me lose interest more than anything. Um, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. I actually thought you might really enjoy it because you've lived in Italy and, and I noticed that the well, opening scene... a stretch, but um, I did get excited about that because it's in Milan, which is um, exactly yeah. where I, I did stay, but it you didn't see very much. There are some scenes in the streets where, yeah, you know, I recognise that spot or whatever, um, or it looks familiar in the way that a lot of places kind of kind of do um but it, it, you know most of it is not really in the sort of the streets of, of italy a lot of the time it's it's inside office buildings or over in new york or on the swiss swiss alps or in the countryside you know all these kind of they have a lot of wealthy places to go and live and so you don't see them actually uh 
in the places walking, that we might walking have recognised very yeah, often. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was that novelty that kind of excited me, but the excitement didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't didn't reel you in, did it, Dallas? No. I feel like it sort of chewed me up and spat me out again. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I've gotten like, way I, more I negative was actually, um uh, you know, just I love going to the cinema too and we're really spoiled here in Brisbane where we live that we've got a really great cinema just five minutes walk away and um, oh I love going there as often as I can. Um, so, yeah, I took I took Kez and we settled in. By after the full three hours of it, I was like cramped. I was like I couldn't wait to get up and get out of my seat and move. You know, it was yeah. just uh, – felt like I'd been on a long-haul flight or something like that. Yes, that's exactly how it felt. Wow, that that really sums it up. It really felt like that. Some movies, you know, it finishes and you're kind of just sat there in awe in a way or just enjoying the um the calm after the, the film's kind of ended. Yeah, I love that Whatever experience. you feel. Yeah, but um, this one, the moment it sort of ended, I was just up and out of there. I was like not stretching my legs, going getting out of here yeah. car, heading home that was sort of uh, i didn't have any need to uh you know think, think the lingering. There. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I even often sometimes i'm so sort of excited about a movie that i've just seen that i won't even you know because i often i was just driving on my own i often just listen to a podcast or music or an audiobook um but it, usually when i come home from a movie i skip that because i've just got so much to think about and i don't want to forget what i've just watched but this time i just went straight into whatever audiobook i had or podcast i was listening to and uh i just didn't have much to think about the movie um, yeah it certainly there, didn't but... didn't stick with me at all in yeah. fact yeah i had to had to strain to remember some of it ahead of yeah chatting um just one thing yeah yeah it's a question for you to do with the film that i've been puzzling okay. over who do you think is the protagonist? Well, it it's definitely well. I say definitely. I think it's Patrizia. Um, that that's who I think it is. Yeah. What I found bamboozling, and the reason I'm asking is that at the point where Patrizia and Maurizio split up, mm. it follows Maurizio. Mar- oh, sorry, Maurizio. And you only see little um, snippets of um, Patrizia after that. And it's usually when she's talking to her loopy um, fortune teller friend. Um, But we see a lot more of Maurizio's life Mm. during that period. And that just threw me because I thought, hang on, I thought this was a story Mm. about Patrizia. And now, for no good reason, except for the fact that they're separated, we're not following her anymore. Yeah. There was a moment, there was a time when you barely see Maurizio and he's he, he's not seeing Patrizio at all. Sorry, I'm getting the names wrong, I think. Um, but Maurizio, um, <laughs> sorry, not Maurizio. You barely see Maurizio at all um, for, for a time kind of towards the end and, and she barely sees him until he she actually goes to his apartment um, yeah so i don't know but i honestly just think it comes down to poor writing and poor editing again i i can't find any kind of logical explanation for it um I, i've been trying i've been thinking about that too the structure because it just shifts kind of tone and it shifts uh perspective so much and so randomly yeah you kind of Normally when that happens, there's a specific purpose for it. And I've been trying to think what that purpose could have been. Um, but there really just doesn't seem to be any. And maybe maybe someone else out there got it. Have a theory of what, what held this film together. I mean, I guess what, what I'm thinking of now as we talk about it is, well, it's called The House of Gucci. So, you know, maybe the, it, it had to stick with Maurizio during that period because he belonged to the House of Gucci and that's the, the story we're following. <laughs> yeah, but if that's the story we're following, then it would, yeah. then the story think, would stay with him. I but, think what um, would be Scott? And it, look, I think it's okay guys. to break, um, I think it's okay to break rules, you know. You can, you oh, can totally. shift, you can shift protagonists partway through a movie if that's what you want to do, but if... 
but it's got to work. And if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. and if you're just left a bit like puzzled as to why it did that, it, yeah, yeah, it that's feels not, just that's not good. Like film, everything you've seen is pointless in a way. Um, I, I definitely felt that it, you know, he needed to find Ridley Scott. That is needed to figure out what story he was telling. You know, is yeah. it Maurizio's story? Is it Petruzzi's story? Is it both? Figure out exactly what that is. And if it's multiple things, then write that down, you know, and then figure out how you can tell that one story or those few stories as best as you can without everything else can just be put to the wayside. It doesn't need to be there. Um, exactly. Couldn't have said I, it better, yeah, yeah. There's just too much there that doesn't, is irrelevant, too many storylines added. It's just a mess of a movie. I, I reckon there's a really good film in there. You just, oh. I'd, I, I'd love to be given the film, you know, the actual film on a canister and, and you know, and some editing equipment <laughs> and just go through and chop, chop, chop out everything that's extraneous to the central, what I think is the central story, which is about yeah. Patrizio, Patrizio and Maurizio falling in love um, and then their gradual downfall and, you know, the way that they tore each other apart, basically. Yes, and that's the core of what this is, is really. Um, I think that you're right, you could just do that, but the movie is, it would be forgivable if it weren't for the other just critical failures, such as the casting choice um, and the... Yeah, I guess. The okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you need the it's Italian the, cast, the cast really. choice and the language choice. Yeah, you can chop and edit as much as you want, but it's still, it's it's not great source material to work with either way. Um, I I don't know if it really could be salvaged. It could be more interesting, but yeah, it wouldn't survive. I don't yeah, think I it, agree. Yeah. Now that language thing is a stick is a sticking point for me as well. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. Yeah, if you put Italian actors and they and they did it all in Italian, then it has to either be dubbed or have subtitles, and and then they'll say, yeah. oh, people won't go to see it." What I, well, I just think more sense. you've got to put more trust in your audience. And there's so many people now watching foreign shows on Netflix and enjoying them. I think we've got a much higher tolerance now for sitting through a film in a different language and a better I mean, appreciation what? of that. What really could could have at least done is have way more Italians starring in the lead roles, and so if they do need to speak English at any time, which could very well make sense in all the scenes that they're in Switzerland or America, because in Switzerland, uh, German is basically the primary a dialect of German is basically the primary language form, so a lot of them speak English. To people who don't speak German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. So they could have had English in when they're in Switzerland and when they're in America. Um, we, But if you had actual Italians, you wouldn't have this false, comical Italian accent going on all the time. Yeah. You'd have a genuine Italian accent. Do you know what it made me think of? And I might be drawing a long bow here, but if you remember um, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn and there's a character yeah. played by Mickey Rooney, where he pretends to be a Japanese businessman and he's got the false yes. teeth for the black wig and basically it's yellow face. Like it's it's disturbing. It's ruined that. I love, used to love that film, but, yeah, since I sort of woke up to the fact of how awful that was, um, it's ruined that film for me. And I just feel like putting Ameri- Americans in this film and giving them, making them dirty, you know, having them dirty in English but with Italian accents, it feels a, a bit like that. It's this, mm. oh, I don't know, whether it's appropriation. Yeah, it's more like a caricature, more like they're um, yeah, setting up Italians. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's quite terrible. What, what, I, what I can already see a film now where you've got, you know, and if you really do, because you're catering to an American audience or whatever, you know, everything Scott's trying to do, if you really do want to have a lot of English speaking, have a lot of scenes, and these could be snippets, but, you know, cut throughout the film of important scenes of them in America um, and them at the trial um, and things like that, that, that are these kind of critical scenes for these characters, and then intercut those with 
smaller scenes that are more kind of the flow of the story that has yeah. that switches between English and Italian and, and is Italian quite regularly. And that way it eases the audience into the fact that it's a foreign language and it maybe starts off sort of English so people know it's not they haven't yeah, yeah. cinema because some people when they're watching the film and it starts out in a foreign language they're like, oh I've I've selected the wrong movie here. Um or I didn't realise <laughs> that I was watching a foreign film in a way. A lot of people get off put out by that which i think is a bit unreasonable i think unless you have a genuine reason for why you can't read subtitles i think it's always good to give the film a chance but um it's yeah you actually know, you don't want to scare people off have some english yeah. in there yeah i think um you know italian's a beautiful language and it would have been sure. i think it would have increased my enjoyment of it to have heard Heard it in Italian. Heard this. Heard the story being told in Italian, and um, it, you know the truth is that a lot of English speakers understand parts of Italian anyway. You know there exactly. there are simple Italian words that we all are familiar with. Um, so I think it could have. I don't think it would have been too much yeah, of a stretch. Exactly. exactly, I agree completely. Like there are just little phrases that people just know, or you can pick up contextually. Um, and you don't yeah. even, and they did this too. They had little phrases or um, little words here and there that were in Italian that weren't translated um, because the context provided the clues that you needed. Um, yeah, like just saying. And that was, well, yeah, even some words that you might not know at all, you know, people know ciao, but, you know, um, certain things like declining a drink um, without saying no necessarily, like they, you can just tell what they're saying because of the context around that. And I think that was just, those were cool, but they should have extrapolated on that and added just a bit more Italian there, like at least a bit more. I think there could have been way more. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's all I can say about this movie for now. Uh, what about you? <laughs> any any closing thoughts? <laughs> well, we normally say what our takeaway is. And my takeaway from this is that, um, you know, there's a saying that great art in um, is created out of, limitations yeah and this is an example to me of what happens when you take away all the limitations and so I want to I want to remind myself of that whenever I'm you know yes working on something and and wishing that I could have more money or mm. more this or more that and, and realize that no no you create amazing things when you have certain limitations on yourself exactly a diamonds only made under pressure um i think you know you said it better you know you said it perfect i, I can't top that that's my closing thought as well really <laughs> i think that um yeah it just it's disappointing to see this from this guy in a way um but i again i'm not surprised to be honest because a lot of his films do disappoint me um and I think you're right. It is because the limitations aren't there anymore. That's a really great um, point. So that's sort of my my takeaway. Um, I completely agree with you. So Darcy, it's your turn to choose our next movie. Yeah. So um, going from uh, what is a calamity of a quote unquote foreign film, which is not at all, to I wanted to go to something that's how good cinema should be and is also an example of um good foreign cinema um so that's sort of i guess the tie-in as you like to do um it's not italian i did think about some italian movies but not yet for those um i wanted to do something a bit different so this week i chose parasite uh which won the palm door um at the Cannes film festival i believe in 2018 2019 i think correct me on that one um but it also won the oscar for best foreign film yeah, look, to be honest, I, I, I don't want to sound harsh, but I don't actually care about Oscars. I think they're a bit, I think well, they're a bit lame because, yeah, I, I just think that they're way too limited in their scope and a bit too biased in their selection. It seems to be more of a, of a, of a Hollywood popularity contest rather than an actual celebration of cinema. Um, what I like anyway. about... What about like about these sort of film festivals, um, like the Cannes Film Festival, and there's a, another one in Hong Kong, um, and maybe it's the Golden Line. I could be getting that wrong, um, but it's uh, is that they 
take on a lot of films that wouldn't normally be recognized necessarily and i like that um so yeah parasite is a movie i love we both watched at the cinema but it's been a few years now i think it'll be nice to um watch that one and i can crack over my dvd which i haven't yet um so i'm excited for that well yeah okay well that'll be good i have seen it before but i'll re-watch it before we chat and you better, um, yeah <laughs> and then we'll have a good chat i i'll from memory i liked it but you know perhaps i'll have some different thoughts this time around we'll see if it I, still holds up yeah i do recall you liking it but we'll see all right. Um, All right. Well, bye. thanks everyone for joining us this week. Um, remember to uh, follow us on social media and like and subscribe to our yeah. podcast. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are all, are all at Oggy and the Alien. Um, we also have an email address, which is Oggy and the Alien at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, if you do, do want to um, follow us on any social media or send us any messages just through there, that's perfectly fine. But yeah. We do um, we do take movie suggestions and um, we have we have got a movie suggestion that's come in. I won't say what it is yet, but it is one I, I'm aware of it and it's one that I'll cover sometime in the not too distant future. Okay, I won't look. I won't look at that. Um, you go with it. <laughs> it can be a surprise for me. All right. Well, with that, uh, that's all from us this week. See you next week. See you next week. Hello and welcome to, sorry, <laughs> I forgot what the podcast was called. And this week we'll be chatting about, uh, oh God, I forgot the bloody movie, <laughs> House of Gucci.